Hey guys, it's the Out of Focus Podcast, episode 55, with your host, Will Malone. In this episode, I talked to Nick Worrell uh, here in Anderson, South Carolina. He recently moved here from Los Angeles and uh, is a local videographer in town, and so I went to his space and we sat down and talked about wedding videography and video storytelling, and uh, toward the end, we kind of uh, bond over movies a little bit, and uh, we talk a little bit about uh, the the new movie Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler, or at least I talk about it and go on and on about it because I love that movie. Um, so yeah, it was a great conversation. This is very much uh, in the vein of another one of those uh, kind of nerding out episodes. That's uh, you know we we get a little in the weeds about gear and stuff. So uh, if you're into that sort of thing, this is for you. Um, and lately I've been posting these every Tuesday and truth be told, I don't really have a set day of the week that I post these, um, mainly just because, you know, my schedule's crazy and I have been traveling, uh, for what feels like forever, but, uh, I've pretty much been traveling for the past like week and a half and I'm back now. So I finally came back and to record the intro and just kind of edit this episode, And I would have had this one out a little earlier if I had thought to bring my podcast equipment with me, but I did not. And I didn't want to give you like a low quality iPhone level uh, introduction. So um, wait until I got back to the office so I could record this for you. So anyway, that's about it. Um, Got a lot of stuff coming your way. Go check out the print shop. Been adding a ton of new work. I'm in editing mode today. I've got to catch up on a ton of editing uh, because I have been shooting photos like a madman, but I haven't had time to sit down and go through them and edit them. So that's kind of what I'm doing a lot of catch up today. Um, Got some print deliveries to make the rest of the week. And uh, yeah, so um, go sign up for the Out of Focus newsletter. Uh, It comes out every Friday. Um, It's uh, Out of Focus newsletter number 40. Uh, coming out tomorrow. Um, so go check that out. Go subscribe on the website, willmalone.com slash out of focus. And uh, yeah, if you want to keep up with the day-to-day, if you want to see a picture of my new office, uh, go check out my Instagram, at willmalone. So without further ado, here is episode 55 with Nick Worrell. I feel like this is another podcast that I'm doing with somebody I randomly met at Starbucks. Yep. <laughs> that's like that's like that you're you're it's it's like becoming a pattern. Really, where like somebody either sees like like my camera or like I I think I saw your setup. Was it? Yeah, I had like my my MacBook set up on a stand and all my yeah. hard drives like way too extra in Starbucks. So I think that's how conversation started originally. Here, try to get a little closer to the mic. Sorry, you're good. Yeah. How's this? perfect right here yeah cool um yeah so yeah describe your setup just because it's the most ridiculous one i've seen at starbucks yet it is pretty extra but i mean (laughs) if i'm doing so much editing like full time and on a daily basis it's helpful so i have like a 
it's like a laptop stand that holds my MacBook up. And then I have like a wireless keyboard and trackpad yeah. and like two external hard drives plugged into it. Um, and then my Venti double shot on ice, just like kicking <laughs> right next to it. I'm just like ready to plug away yeah. for hours, man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, but it helps like, it helps your posture, right? So yeah. you're like looking yeah. more eye level at the screen and like, because I'm just like editing content so frequently throughout the day, yeah. it's helpful to have a setup that I can. It also kills your wrists after yeah. a while to like use the trackpad just flat like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I need one of those like wireless trackpads. I would like one of those. Just yeah. It's very helpful, especially when you're editing videos and you need to like expand and shrink the timeline as yeah. you're like cutting through clips and stuff. It's just a helpful. Have resource. you had the keyboard issues with your MacBook at all? It sometimes bugs in and out, like okay. it loses Bluetooth, Bluetooth connection. And no, then no, no, like, I mean like the built-in keyboard on the laptop. Oh, not really. No, Have you, you haven't. Yeah, I've had to replace mine. Really? Like uh, three months after I bought it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had that problem yet. Because like so. it was like it was like double clicking <laughs> the O, and it drove me insane. <laughs> I, that would drive me insane too. <laughs> Sorry that happened. Um, but yeah, no, I was just I I thought well, and um, you were sitting. I think at the time I saw you, it was just you by yourself, but I think your girlfriend's computer was next to you. Uh-huh. So I just thought you ha- you were just like... Double monitors. Just, yeah, you just had just two... Just comp- cranking it Yeah, out. and it was just... I, I go to that Starbucks all the time, and I was just like... <laughs> I was like, what Who is, is going? this guy? I know, I was like afraid to like get on the Wi-Fi. I thought I was <laughs> going to get hacked or something. I was like, man, is this guy like just it mining is pretty Bitcoin over here or something? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I just like... I like to keep everyone just in fear of what I'm capable of. <laughs> it is kind of scary. Like I got a VPN cause I work at coffee shops so much. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do every once in a while see a guy with like a little too beefy of a setup and you're like, man, this guy's just hacking fools in here. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, like I, I don't want to swipe my card anywhere near this guy. Yeah. Like no telling, but then, totally like, I've seen people like game in there, which is kind of, I don't know. I just, it's funny to see all the different kinds people of people set up some of the craziest things in Starbucks <laughs> and just like go for it confidently. Yeah. Um, so, so what is it, what is it you do? Like, let's talk about that a little bit. Like yeah. what, what were you doing since you weren't hacking everybody? At exactly. least I assume you weren't yeah. prior to hacking, <laughs> prior to hacking full time. Um, no, May of 2017 yeah. is when I dove into freelancing full time and the first three months were terrifying because I had no idea really what I was doing. And at that point I was just like, I should just work at McDonald's because I have no idea like how to use the camera full time. Mm -hmm. And it was halfway through my college career where I just felt convicted to go for it and use the camera and see how far I could go. So you, you picked up a camera and you thought I'm going to do this full time immediately. Yeah. Wow. It's very sketchy, very, (laughs) very risky, but I just felt, like that's what I was supposed to do, you yeah. know? And I think I just, um, wanted to go for it. I wanted to at least try. Yeah. And if I failed, then I wouldn't have to think, you know, at least I didn't try, you know, like I wanted to, to go for it and see if I could potentially make something happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I dove into freelancing, um, two years after picking up a DSLR camera and the first three months, like I said, mm-hmm. were terrifying, but one of the biggest success that I found shortly after was mm-hmm. in knowing people like the more people that I, um, brought into my circle, mm-hmm. like the more connections naturally formed. And yeah. Like, so knowing people and 
being a good human being and doing your best quality work. Like if mm-hmm. someone pays you a hundred bucks to make them a small video, yeah. like you treat it like they paid you a thousand dollars, right? Yes. So then you can use that video that looks like a thousand dollar video as kind of like a, a higher end piece to pitch to the people that will actually pay you a thousand dollars, you know? Right. And so I just wanted to do my best quality work regardless mm-hmm. of what people paid me. And that's how the ball started to get rolling. And I started working more consistently with people, um, in Southern California where I was born and raised and things just started to pick up and got into the wedding world and started filming and editing a lot of wedding Mm -hmm. videos and started doing some commercial work with companies close by Mm -hmm. and started doing more travel and vlogging. And so I just wanted to be creative in seeing how far the camera could take me. That's so that's interesting because your story of how you started with a camera is like, is in stark contrast to mine, which is like, I dragged my feet on going full time (laughs) because of, I feel like I didn't like know enough or I was too afraid or whatever. Just, I guess like just how, you know, how I felt about it. It's scary, whatever. Right. And, and then by the time I was like, yeah, I'm I'm, like, I just need to get over myself and just do it. And everybody was like, yeah, finally, you know, like it was just like, (laughs) I took too long, but you're just like, you jumped right in. I totally went for it. So what were you doing? What was the first thing you were doing with it? Was it photography or video or what? It was primarily video. Um, I had a good friend of mine who really invested in teaching me the mechanics to Mm -hmm. the camera and he threw me in as a second shooter for some of his weddings. And what's great about filming weddings is like, it gives you the opportunity to film product Mm -hmm. like bow ties and shoelaces and like earrings, you know, things like that. Uh, so you're like shooting product, you're shooting like people and like portraits and stuff. So like you get a better understanding of how to like shoot people. And then it's very fast paced, right? It's it's not like you can, have them redo the ceremony because right. your lens cap was on or <laughs> right, something. Right, right, right. Like you have to be able to be in the right spot at the right time to shoot and shoot mm-hmm. well and understand your camera and be very run and gun. So filming weddings like expanded my horizon with what, you know, I enjoyed shooting and what I maybe mm-hmm. didn't enjoy shooting as much. And so, but it kind of started off with me doing primarily video as opposed to photo. Um, and that just kind of, built more connections along the way, uh, as a result. So weddings kind of is where I think I started Mm -hmm. with videography specifically. And then it kind of branched out from there. And yeah, see, that's, that's different for me too, in that I procrastinated on doing weddings at all. Like I did all this crazy weird stuff before I got to weddings, like school photography and like product photography and like printing and like I did those things and then I was like started to do weddings gotcha um, and so it's, it's just funny like most people start with weddings and I'm like kind of more toward the the second half of my career is like when I've like started doing them totally yeah so that, that is fun it's it's funny how like different people's paths are totally but wedding you're right about wedding photography and uh it is like it is like the perfect amalgamation of everything that you'll ever do with a camera. Honestly, yeah. It really puts it all into like one very concentrated, crazy, fast-paced, eight-hour, 10-hour day, however long the wedding is. Like you're just shooting such diverse things. Mm -hmm. It only benefits you as a creative and like how to capture a variety of content, you know? So, and it's a good, it's it's a good way to uh, also measure kind of like how good you are at dealing with stressful situations. Yeah. 
it's being under you, pressure. You learn a lot about yourself when, you, know. <laughs> when you shoot away. It's pretty high pressured, man. And like, you got to make sure you're in the right spot to get the first yeah. kiss and the vows and like, make sure audio sounds good. Like there's just a lot of moving parts to it. But I think that only, that only helps you become more proficient. That's that's funny. Uh, So I've always I've dipped my toe in video for you know marketing, social media, and like a hired thing here and there, and then I do like drone videos. But like I've never done wedding videography at all. Really, and I don't know if I want to ever. It seems like, hey, let's do the photography, but like, hey, let's make it five times more stressful. (laughs) Exactly, just because it's like. You know, I can delete bad photos, but like if you're, you know, panning or what, it, like there's just a lot less, uh, there's a lot more rigidity with the video because mm-hmm. you can't, and audio is a whole other nightmare. It's with a that. whole other ball game. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to it for sure. You have to make like a mini movie out of someone's most special day. So, so I actually don't know that much about wedding videography. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick your, I'm curious about like what, so what is all, what does that entail? Totally a lot. Like, <laughs> like, a lot what, like what do you give them? Like, what are you doing? Like okay. Kind of yeah. yeah, sure. I'd love to kind of give you a, a run through. So ideally, uh, a bride will choose between like one, two or three price packages. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, entails maybe there's eight hours of coverage for the day. There's two shooters for the day it's a three to five minute highlight film, or maybe if they want to pay more, it's like a five to seven minute highlight film. And maybe there's a separate video that goes along with the highlight film that shows like a ceremony video shot from two different angles. So like there's different price points you can do like when you're pitching wedding videography. Um, But typically like a good package is like there's two shooters for an eight hour day of coverage to offer like a five to seven minute highlight video. Mm-hmm. Um, but you usually show up and you begin capturing them getting ready. So it kind of right. shows like the intro of the day. Cause as you're filming throughout the day, you have to determine how you can piece together a storyline mm-hmm. from like start, like from them getting ready, like him lacing up his tie and putting on his jacket and her like zipping mm-hmm. up the back part of the dress and like doing the touch up on makeup and things like that. Like you have to take it from that point of the day all the way to like their sparkler grand exit at the end of their reception. So you're capturing all these moments throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, you like do getting ready and then they'll do like a first look. And usually before that we'll mic up the groom mm-hmm. to get like his audio. Cause that audio just only better tells the story or like shows emotion of that intimate first look moment. And then it transitions into ceremony. You have two shooters, but you also set up a third camera in the back as a wide angle shot Mm -hmm. to get, you know, shots that you may have missed. Um, You're getting like audio run through the soundboard to make sure that you have that, like where the officiant is speaking into a mic, you like have tapped into the soundboard in the back and the groom is lapeled. The officiant's also lapeled as a backup. So you're like running all these sources of audio. You have a third camera set up, set up you're recording the whole time and hoping that you can run over to the right spot, get in position, yeah. adjust your focus, make sure your frame rate looks good. Your white balance looks good. Everything is running smoothly. So it's just like, you have to constantly be thinking ahead. Like, mm-hmm. okay, where should I be sitting or standing if they're giving their vows? Like, where should I be placed to get the best angle? Like, and it's all happening like in real time. So yeah. you have to be able to do that. And then 
shooting cocktail hour after and a reception and dancing footage. And right. so th- that's kind of like the process of the day. And there's just a lot of moving parts to it. Um, but it's a lot of fun. You get to dress up and eat a nice meal. Ideally, if the, yeah, they treat right. you like, <laughs> not like rodents, like vendors sometimes like, I've been treated like a rodent at a wedding. Yeah. Before. Vendors sometimes like aren't <laughs> treated as royalty, you know? And so ideally if you get a good meal, that's like a blessing in yeah. itself. So, um, I've sat in my, in my truck eating like a granola bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Weddings can be yeah. brutal, man, for sure. But overall, uh, you just learn so much about the camera. You build great connections right. with people. And just the fact that you get a front row seat at, a couple's most special day of their lives. Like, and you right. get to document that mm-hmm. and like give them a, a piece of content or a video mm-hmm. that they get to look back on for the next couple decades of their life. That's special. What do they expect like turnaround to be on that? It usually? really does depend. Yeah. I think typically three to five months is, Oh really? Yeah, that's typically, but I worked with a buddy back in California yeah. and we had a one month turnaround. Okay. Cause it's doable. It's doable to get, a wedding video done within a month. Like, yeah. And then it kind of keeps things fresh where like, mm-hmm. you know, these video files aren't sitting on a hard drive for months it's, and months. It's harder the longer a project just sits. It's harder to like get back into the yeah. headspace. Yeah. And then you forget like exactly what you shot. So you have to re-familiarize yourself with the content. Right. So you keep it fresh, knock it out, get it sent out within that one month. And then you can like just like take it off your shoulders and then move on to the next edit. So there's a weird, there's a weird amount of time where, uh, something can be better if you wait a little bit or something can hmm. be like worse. And I, I found that with like, um, when I take a photo, some, I, a lot of times I'll sh- shoot a bunch of photos and most of the time, unless it's specific circumstances, I won't edit it immediately. I'll usually huh. like sleep on it. Okay. And then I'll come look at it because like, I'm too like in these photos and I need to look at them as if I've never seen them before. Smart. And and so like, I feel like I always need to do that because you know, a lot of the times like photos I take for fun, I often don't delete a lot of my raw files until like maybe a month or two later I go back and look because some things gotcha. I think are junk. And then later I'm like, wait, that's actually a good thing I can do something with, you know? Right. right. So it, it is funny. It's like sometimes waiting wears out what you're making. And then other times it like can make it, way better so and it's helpful to have a fresh set of eyes on the work that you're yeah. putting out and producing if you just like spend a full 24 hours staring at the screen and then you you know leave for a couple hours right. go back and you're like what am i doing with you know like yeah. it's just helpful to be fresh yeah i've i've uh I, don't, I mean you've probably done this but the uh you get home and then you import at like you know 2 a.m or whatever and yep. you're like importing it all and then either you hang out to make sure it goes well or you just you like go to bed and then come back and yep. like start the whole thing. Totally. Yeah. That yeah. is seriously like the story of with, my life with your worn out feet. You know, <laughs> you're like the moment you can take your shoes off is like the greatest moment. Yeah. <laughs> your dogs are barking at that point and your low back yeah. is just shot. Yeah. But, so um, what kind of gear do you go in? Like what, what kind of things do you have to carry with you in order to like shoot a, shoot a wedding video? Cause like for me, it's like, I mostly use like, prime lenses totally and so i have like a couple bodies and then some flashes but like i really and like batteries and stuff but like i usually try to go with as few things as possible yeah but you have to like have like mics and all that stuff yeah right? you kind of have to carry around some baggage yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know like um in the same way yeah having camera bodies and having prime lenses i have 
you know, a 24 to 70, 16 to 35, 70 to 200. And so I have like lenses that I think, um, work well within the context of a wedding because yeah. you have to be so versatile. Sometimes it's hard when you're confined to a prime lens yes. with video, <laughs> like you have to physically keep your feet in the right place mm-hmm. to get the correct shot. But if you're like at 70 millimeters and then they're walking towards you to be able to like push back to 24 millimeters right now, right there on the spot, it's beneficial with video cause it's so fast paced. That's what I've noticed, but I want to get more well-versed in prime lenses. I started my mm-hmm. first lens was a 24 to 70. And so I just like, yeah, oh, I want it now 16 to 35, you know, like I want to have all these millimeters like in the same lens. That'd yeah. be so cool. But now I see the benefit in prime lenses and now I'm in, interested in, investing yeah. in a 35 1.4 like that's the next lens I well get, it, it's it's funny because like yeah i started obviously with like a kit lens like everybody does and sure if if listeners don't know what that is it co- it's the thing that comes with the le- the camera right it's the lens that, and it's usually not that good right <laughs> um, yeah. so that was like what i started with and then i remember the first new lens i got was a 35 millimeter yeah 1.8 Okay. fixed and uh, i was like whoa this is amazing i right. can shoot indoors it's like <laughs> like lets a ton of light in like uh-huh. it was incredible and so after that i was kind of like i i don't like zoom lenses yeah. anymore so i need to get on those lenses but yeah it's it's having variety of lenses yeah camera bodies you have lapel mics to put on groom and efficient you have like a Tascam, like an h5 or an h4n recorder yeah. to plug into the soundboard um you have a tripod for the third camera you have like monopods for your main camera right. that you're using or if you have like a ronin or a, a gimbal of some sort um to get like solid flowy type movement shots yeah. um and of course batteries and sd cards and if you want to like drop footage at the end of the day like a laptop and a card reader and a charger for the macbook mm-hmm. and a battery charger if you're like running low on stuff and lighting for the reception usually like receptions like it's kind of a gamble with what lighting yeah. look like so to have some external lighting to push through the space just to make it look more aesthetic and more mm-hmm. visually appealing um so you got like light kits and stuff too so there's a lot of like i said there's just a lot yeah. of equipment that goes into video it's easier like with stills like you can just like have some lenses a flash and a camera body but mm-hmm. with video like you have to bring in the the extra components of audio and lighting well yeah it's a production yeah it Um, is yeah so that what's interesting to me is the idea like photography is kind of necessary for a wedding but like videography not everybody like needs videography for a wedding right like not everybody like 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 if you have a small wedding sometimes you're like i'll just do a photographer not a videographer sure so like what like what kind of weddings do you end up shooting like i i just because none of the weddings I've shot, I, I actually don't know if I've ever crossed paths with a videographer at many really? of the weddings I've shot. Maybe a, I can think of maybe one or two. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, but it's, it's, like, it's like a different, it seems like a different universe to me just because I've never really had to interact with a wedding videographer. True. So, and you yeah. said you, you didn't necessarily start in weddings right off the bat. No, so no, no. Kind of yeah. later into yeah. the game. I probably don't have nearly as many under my belt as you do, to be <laughs> honest with you, uh, which is uh, just because, yeah, I waited so long to like start doing them. Yeah. And I, I grew up in Southern California. So when I got into the wedding game about 2015, 2016, like every wedding I went to, even attending a wedding, like there was always mm-hmm. a videographer. Like it just... Okay. I think it's more even culturally normal in California yeah. and maybe like South Carolina possibly is more than 
there's more of a range, I think, of weddings yeah. out here. Like there's uh-huh. there's a lot more um, low to really high budget weddings, exactly. and I feel like a lot of weddings out probably in in like Southern California are are more on a certain scale, uh-huh. like higher on the scale, I guess. But I don't, just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always seen it as like very common, like having. Yeah wedding videographers um that just goes to show how many weddings there are is the fact there's that, a lot the fact that we can have different experiences like right with shooting weddings exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. it's very interesting but yeah it really just depends on the client you mm-hmm. know it really um it really just depends on like what the client's are looking for if they yeah. want to have that video component mm-hmm. like for the day and they want to capture the storyline because that photo and video are just incredibly different mediums right like they're just they tell different stories too like you're not going to hang a video on a wall you're going to hang a photograph like that special moment within a wedding but like to share with your family and friends that maybe Mm -hmm. weren't able to be there you're going to show them a video so they have different purposes but it really just depends on the client and what they're looking for That, that is interesting like with photography and video i feel like I would be less likely to ask a photographer to do a video than I would a videographer to do photos. Does that sound I mean, it, it sounds, does. Yeah. No, I get that. You know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. I feel way less equipped to make videos than a videographer probably does to shoot photos. Like, yeah, I feel like you're probably used to so many moving parts that photography is almost like almost it makes photography easier for you i don't know i maybe i'm making that up yeah no i would agree i think videography helps equip you to like know lighting well and to be in the right place at the right time the only difference is like you don't have to consider movement at all when you're doing photos so you just have to because all video is is just a lot of pictures lined up and we're constantly moving to kind of help the actual video feel Mm -hmm. like it transitions and moves along well but um, asking a videographer to be a photographer, you just have to like, they still do a lot of the same things, but yeah. they're just s- slapping a shutter right. as opposed to like moving with each of the moments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I, I just, I, I've always thought about that. Cause I, I just, I've always kind of stayed away from going hard on video just because, um, I feel like for me, I, d- I like to do all my work in camera. And so I don't like having to sit in front of the computer too too long yeah and and that's and that's really probably partially why i got into photography first mainly just because that's what i just had a little point and shoot camera first but right but video just seems more like um i don't know it 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 just personally my personality like i just i have a hard time just sitting there like watching and scrubbing through footage and stuff it's a lot it can be daunting for sure (laughs) at times starting a new project is what kills me if i could have somebody start it for me and then give it to me about when it's like uh halfway edited Uh i'm good i'm in yeah but just yeah just the the like having to like begin it's hard to get started with it (laughs) and like bring in all the footage and you have to look through all this raw footage to like determine how you can make a story out of it it can be daunting I usually spend like 10 to 12 hours per wedding video. Like editing yeah. time is about 10 to 12 hours per cut. So yeah, it's a lot. It can be That's daunting pretty fast at times. Though. That doesn't sound like, I mean, you could, I mean, that doesn't sound like it's that long. It used to be more like 25 hours. Yeah. Like, but I've, the repetition really helps in like increasing my workflow and my mm. speed and efficiency and organizing things into folders and like, knowing keyboard shortcuts, like a lot of those factors play into speeding things up. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, I see you're a Canon person. 
team Canon all team the way. <laughs> I got a Canon 60. Um, yeah. Sophomore year of college. That was the first yeah. camera that someone handed me and I was like, okay. And then I bought my own Canon 60. Yeah. And then two years after that made the leap to the one DX Mark two. And that's I a, love that's it. kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a monstrous. It's a monster camera, man. Yeah. It's a beautiful hybrid for people that want to do both photo and video. Yeah. Like it's all in one camera body. And that's exactly what mm-hmm. I love. The one DX Mark three just came out. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick it out with the one DX Mark two probably for another year or so. Well, I mean, two, the thing about cameras now is they're all amazing. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's tougher and tougher to like just by upgrading. Yeah. Because like, like I still like this, you know, when the snow was happening, I like, I was like, oh, I'm not going to put the new camera out and like get all wet. So I brought my yeah. old, uh, Nikon D 800, which I got in like 2014 and I was out there shooting photos and like, it'd be, you'd be still hard pressed to tell the difference right. between the new camera, which I got last October and, okay. and the D850 and the D800. Like it just, it's still so good. And it, it's like, they're still monstrous photo files and all that. that I'm kind of like, it, it's, it's, t- it's a tough sell to upgrade body, but a lens makes more sense to me, I guess. But definitely. Yeah. And I think even in regards to camera equipment, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of buzz about what the best camera gear is or, right. you know, what I should get and how you should do that, you know, but I would argue that we don't need more videographers. We need more storytellers. Like we need yeah. people that can tell compelling stories. And if that be on your iPhone or a red camera, like yeah. we just need compelling stories, not more videographers yeah. that need to talk, you know, like I just, and that's what I want to be more focused on. Like I want to be focused in on telling compelling stories um, With, rather than uh, getting caught up in, in what sense, I mean, are you talking outside of weddings or like what, in what way, even within the context of weddings? Like yeah. I want to tell a compelling story of like the love between two people. Mm-hmm. And I want to see how well I can use visuals to, mm-hmm. to tell that, yeah. you know, and really draw people in and make them feel like they're a part of it, you know? So within weddings, but even outside of it, like if I'm doing vlogs or if I'm traveling to a different place or doing, work for a nonprofit, et cetera. Like I just want to get better at like telling a story people want to engage with. So what, um, so what kind of stuff outside of weddings do you think that manifests or will manifest itself? Like what, what other projects are you like personal, like let's go the personal project route. Totally. What, what is your first off? What is your stance on like personal stuff? I see a photo on your computer that looks like personal. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. Totally. Um, and it's of the Brooklyn bridge. Yeah. So. It was on Dumbo street. There's like a beautiful vantage point of the Brooklyn bridge. And so that was a couple months back when I was mm-hmm. there, but yeah, I think for me, personal projects, uh, there's an idea that I've wanted to expand on and, and think more about. And it's this concept of pushing your passion. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends of mine that are stable at what they hate. And I've always been an advocate for risking at the things that I love. Yeah. And I want to encourage other people to push what they're passionate about. Like, I don't want them to hinder their passion because they need to promote stability in their finances. Like they're going to look back and be like, Hmm, I really wish I would have done what I was stoked on as opposed yeah. to, you know, being controlled by the dollar bill. And as you go for it and take that mm-hmm. leap of faith and you trust God with the whole process, like I really believe that cool things will naturally occur in like 
just show up and start to begin. And so, um, for me, like this concept of pushing your passion and I have this idea of like wanting to make a video together, highlighting the stories of people that are passionate about a variety of things, Mm -hmm. like highlighting a surfer and someone who loves cooking or photography or, um, playing the violin or, you know, what people are passionate about, music, sports, cooking, teaching, it would be cool to like highlight what people are passionate about and like cut that into a compelling storyline or video. So that's a project that I've wanted to make for quite some time. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of sitting down and putting something like that together. Yeah. Yeah. You seem like you have a good finger on the pulse for like what people want right now. Like I, 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 I sense that from you. Like you, like, you, you really, you really do have a passion for what you're doing. Like, I just, I, I feel that emanating from you. Cool. Um, so, and, and that's, I mean, that's great. I mean, it's, uh, it's hard to find like, um, you know, people that are like really genuine about that. So that's, that's exciting. I mean, that's what you're saying too, is kind of what, what this discussion even is. It's like, um, for me, I, I like learning from people who do different things than me. Um, totally. So, um, actually I've had very, uh, very few photographers on this podcast, weirdly enough, really? just because I, I want to go like, um, the episode that dropped today, uh, was, um, a woman who opened, uh, like a, a really cool, like knitting store that like builds a, it, it like builds a community around knitting and wow. it's like the coolest place ever. And I don't even, I'm not into <laughs> knitting at all, Yeah, but it like her, like the whole everything she talks about starting your business, all that is like applicable to like a lot of people outside of it. You know, that's great. So I like digging for, cause I listen to a lot of podcasts with like chefs and like that kind of stuff. Cool. Out, I don't listen to a lot of like photography or video or anything like that. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I, I find, I find, I, I just like, I like finding the, the commonalities between, you know, what somebody way over there is doing and what I'm doing. So that's, that's the sense. If you were wondering like what this podcast even was, then that's kind of, that's kind of a nutshell, which seems like exactly what you're talking about. Totally. Totally. And I resonate with that too, because it's just so fascinating for me to see the variety of things that people are stoked on and passionate about. And sometimes it's so like different than what you like. Knitting is not anything that like maybe you initially have been passionate about, but mm-hmm. to see that passion in someone else, it kind of makes they, you get excited about yeah, it. Yeah. You yeah. just get excited yeah. seeing other people pursue their passion. Yeah. And so that's super encouraging. Um, so, so you're, you're now in Anderson, South Carolina from Los Angeles, right? Like that's yeah. Very close. Like 45 minutes east of Los Angeles is Riverside, okay. California. So that's yeah. Where I came from. What, what's, what's your read on this place? Like, how does it feel? Like, what is it like coming from California to here? Uh, yeah, totally. A few things right off the top of my head. The <laughs> weather here is insane. Absolutely bipolar. Yeah. Like the other day there's a tornado warning. And I thought like, <laughs> this is it. My life's over. And then the next day it's 70 degrees. And I'm like, Oh, it feels like California. And yeah. then the next day it's snowing. Yeah. And I'm like, what the actual heck is happening? So <laughs> The weather here is a little bit nuts. I come from sunny California where it's yeah. pretty sunny year it's round. the same all the time. So weather here is crazy. That's starting off. Um, there's a lot of fried food here. There's a lot of <laughs> fried chicken here. Like, What's wrong with that, man? You, you're at Chick-fil-A. You look across the street. Oh, Zaxby's. Yeah, let's go to Zaxby's. Or, oh, Popeye's right there. Oh, they're, they're just fried chicken everywhere, man. Yeah. 
There's a lot. I'd love you, fried chicken. You say that don't, with like contempt in your voice. No, almost. I don't mean to. I don't mean <laughs> mean to express any contempt. It's just there's just a lot of fried food and a lot of fried chicken. So I'm just I'm just accustoming myself to this new lifestyle <laughs> here in Anderson. I had a bird dog the other day. Oh and yeah, that's like a a hot dog bun with, of course, a chicken tender in the middle, <laughs> bacon on the side with cheese and barbie. And I was like, I think this is a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah, okay. but. It was incredible, and I freaking love it. So, are you but, uh, are you big like uh, pretty health conscious? You see, you seem like you are. I'm giving that impression, but yeah. I think deep down, not really. No. I think it's just the amount of fried chicken has just been the most alarming piece, food wise here oh, yeah. in Anderson. Yeah. But it's been really good. I um, eat at Chipotle all the time because of that. Yeah, like all the time. Because I'm, I'm a like, huge burrito guy. I too. don't know. I'm. I'm like, man. Anytime I like want to eat something, I'm like, man. I just can't eat like something greasy. Like, I know. I just yeah. want a bowl of just like real food. I you feel know? you. Yeah. So I go to Chipotle a lot. Yeah. So the weather, the food, the people here are fantastic. Like Southern yeah. hospitality is very much a real thing, and I have seen that firsthand. The people here are fantastic. Um gas is a lot cheaper here <laughs> than yeah. it is in California. Like I That's was true. driving past Seven Eleven, I saw for regular gas one ninety nine. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So gas prices, my expenses all together are just lower here. And so that's helping me save money and pay off my student loans more effectively. So those are a few things, a few differences. Um, I see, but I've, I'm an adventurous guy. Mm-hmm. this by far me moving from California to Anderson, South Carolina has been the most adventurous thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. But I'm up for it and I'm yeah. here and I want to continue to enjoy it and embrace it. There's a ton of challenges and transition that has taken mm-hmm. place in the last couple months, but I don't regret it one bit. Yeah. I moved, I moved to, uh, from Hawaii to Georgia uh, in yeah. 2010. So I had like a similar experience where uh-huh. I was like, and that happened to be like a historically crazy winter, like really crazy snow, all this stuff. It was like an, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, this is the word I, I didn't even own a jacket. I had to like, I, I, I went to old Navy to like buy a $40 jacket. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I need something for when it's cold. <laughs> like it just, yeah. And, and the same thing, like I kind of really embraced for a while the whole uh, sweet tea thing. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I can have sweet tea all the time. And then yeah. I started feeling like I was killing myself. But <laughs> So I, I don't drink sweet tea anymore. But right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have the same. So I like hearing about other people's, like, culture shock. Because, totally. Like, my wife's from here, so she's just like. It's all normal. Yeah, this is yeah. normal. Yeah, yeah, So. Yeah. yeah, it's been a transition. It's been different, but overall, it's been a good different. The gas price thing. It's funny. I was I was actually in Los Angeles in October, and I was rent, I rented a car, so I was driving, um, and I had to stop and get gas, and I was like, man, like this is insane. It was like four something. Yep. Yeah, it ins- sounds about right. Insanity. That's how it is in California too. Um, but overall, it's been great. I love yeah. being in a new place, and building new connections with people and seeing what the East coast is all about. It's overall, it's been really rewarding. So I, I, so I really love your like space in here. Like this is really nice. I, and I've, I've thought about many times, like if I should have a space, especially for like podcasts, like invite people. Cause I feel like I've pretty much like go to the guests often. Hmm. Um, but then I'm like, I feel like just sitting at a coffee shop, as frustrating as it is and as laundromat-ish as it feels to go mm. work at Starbucks sometimes, uh-huh. like I feel like just 
like I meet a lot of people, like you're saying, it's like, it's, I'm kind of like afraid of what that would do, you know, to me. I don't know. Just cause like, I like see. for instance, we're talking because of Starbucks, like just sitting right. at Starbucks. So it's, it's just, I feel like increasingly the more time I spend, the more it's like, just it's, it's, it's like been a networking event all day, every day. I totally agree. And I've, I've met a lot of people at Starbucks that have yeah. created new connections as a result too. So I think there's a healthy balance yeah. really yeah. in all things. Like if you want to be around people and work on stuff and you can build connections in that way, but then to also have a place where you can just like be more introverted and get work done yeah. and listen to music and just like chill out to find that balance. I think it's necessary as freelancers too to be able to somewhat create that balance, you know, but I would recommend it. Like I'm, yeah, it's pretty new being in this space. Um, I'm like a week or two mm-hmm. in if yeah. that, and it's been great and refreshing mm-hmm. to have a space, but to be able to then go get coffee and talk with other creative people that may be there too. There's a cool balance with it. Yeah. I, I would have to do, cause I, I'm one of those people I could, I could go lock myself away and you, you would not see me for days. Like yeah. I, I could just like editing and all this stuff. Like I just right. get lost in it. Right. And so uh, for me, it's like, it's, it's good that I have to force myself to like go out. And I think it's been a net benefit. Right. Um, Cause I'm not, I'm not as good at that, that balance thing, but right. Um, you strike me as a guy that, that needs social interaction. Definitely. So I feel like you would almost go crazier being like, closed off too long. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm closed (laughs) off too long, I think I start to become weird and I like, I need that social interaction with people. Uh, but I would classify myself as a extroverted introvert. And so I can be around people, but it'll come a point in time where I just like need to back away from people, recharge by myself, but then I'll need to go back out and be with people again. So, um, yeah, if I'm by myself too long, I like start ripping my hair out and start, speak in other languages and so so what kind of stuff do you do outside of like the whole work thing or is is work all you do (laughs) (laughs) i don't work is not all that i do it is a lot it feels like sometimes i'm sure and it's hard to like find cutoff points especially with freelancing especially with not clocking in or out like you can work till 1 a.m and be like wait yeah i should probably sleep occasionally too you know but besides work I'm eating or watching the office on Netflix or spending time with my girlfriend, Hallie and traveling and like going to cool places. I'm still just like in awe of Mm -hmm. the East coast. So I just like, I'm still interested with a lot of cool places to travel to, or Mm -hmm. we'll work in different coffee shops or we'll just go hang out with friends. And so, um, I love movies too. So like going to yeah. the movie theater and sitting down and watching a movie, like really? that is like my sweet spot. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, so I go usually maybe once a month, once every two months, I'll go by myself to the movies. Yeah. Oh, and, same. And yeah. And I, everybody acts like I'm crazy for doing Not that. Not crazy. And, okay. This is a safe place, All right. Man, okay. Honestly. Yes. Good. Yeah, okay. It's, it's mental health for me. Yeah. Honestly, like you can sit there, you got your root beer, you got your Sour Patch Kids, whatever you're into. Okay, so you're not a health conscious guy. Yeah, I've just anymore. gotten that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's out the door. That's out your the door. bucket of fried chicken. Yeah, yeah. Chick, my bird dog right here. Yeah. Um, but you can watch a movie and like you don't have to have commentary with anyone during it. Like you can just sit there if you want to laugh. You can laugh. You'll probably look like a crazy person to everyone else there, but who cares? If you want to cry because yeah. it's just emotional and you can just walk out of there, get back in your car. Just So I've done that numerous times, man. What what, what kind of movies are you into? Like what's your... 
I'm really not too picky. Like that's another thing too. I don't know if it's like a cultural thing with California, yeah. but like I'm just not very picky. So I'm just like very easygoing. I love like action, adventure. I love drama. I love horror films too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, but I love a good rom-com just to get a good cry <laughs> in. Like I'm literally all over the place. What's the last movie you went and saw? Uh, it was Bad Boys 3. Oh, okay. Theaters. I haven't seen that yet. I yeah. I need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I went with a couple buddies of mine and it was packed. So the only seats left were like, there was like seats in the front row. So our yeah. necks were strained trying to look at the screen, but it was fun. It was just like refreshing to yeah. sit in a theater and just kick back. I saw um, Uncut Gems was the last one I saw I in the theater. To see that. I was the only person <sighs> person in the theater. No way. And it was it was here in Anderson. Yeah. And wow. The, it was uh, yeah. I was the only person in there. It was wow. kind of nice. It was like all to myself or whatever. <laughs> it was a weird experience. I but bet. I, there's usually always like two or three people in there, but I don't think I've ever had it where I'm the only person in the entire theater. So I used yeah. If you go if you go see especially in Anderson, go see kind of a weird indie art film. Yeah. Chances are that will happen to you. <laughs> Got but it. if you're seeing Avengers, it's gonna be packed. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Makes sense. And I like both, but like oftentimes, like if I'm by myself, I'm like, let me go see a movie that my m- wife would not want to see. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's usually how I decide. I you like know? it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I wonder if that's because I feel like I just. Uh, know a lot of people around here who just almost never go to the movies and uh, and i maybe that's california thing maybe just because that's that you're from you know the epicenter but exactly exactly do you do you like um i guess that's probably pretty big for you too just with videography you're probably just like sucking in all of the like inspiration and like cool things right you should see Uncut Gems if you're into yeah. Filmmaking. I know I definitely want to watch that. I haven't made time to go see it, it's, but I definitely want. to I read watch this it. article about how they uh, kept Adam Sandler, who is like moving frenetically this whole time, how they kept him in focus and this like special piece of gear they had to get to like Whoa. keep it. It was like it's crazy, like yeah. all the things they did just to keep him in focus while he's like manically running around all the time. I, I'm so interested now. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> you've sparked my interest to like make that happen. To well, to, yeah, to make it even nerdier, they had to, because they didn't want to get in his way, they had to use like crazy zoom lenses. So they had to be kind of far away from him. Whoa. And so you know how much shakier that is. And oh, stuff. for sure. So they're having to like follow him with Mondo zoom lenses yeah. and keep him in focus <laughs> while he's over there. And they're like trying to, they had to like tape off where he couldn't walk anymore. And wow. yeah, it's, it's okay. Insane. Now I'm interested. Okay. Yeah. Respect to those camera operators too, man. But oh, I can't. That movie is just like pure chaos on a filmmaker. Like I can't imagine what it was like to put that together. Wow. But it's it's an amazing movie. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. You, is you, this is this podcast sponsored by Uncut Gems? No, no, it's so I actually um, the people who listen to this podcast know I'm huge into movies. Like really, really, and me and my wife actually have a movie podcast outside really? of this. Yeah. So, oh my god. So this is like I didn't a, know that. So this isn't just out of the blue. This okay. is like you walked into a trap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, we're just going to go for another two yeah, hours. Yeah, you said just... movies, and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> you we came go. to the right place. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love um, it. Yeah, so we uh, and we just did uh, – we had our Oscar pool, and we both, like, monstrously uh, – all of our predictions were pretty much wrong. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's fun, though. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, we just we, – we do an episode, like, once every, like, month or two just yeah. when we feel – it's not, like, a rigid thing, but it's a fun thing. Just we, for fun. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. But sometimes, like with Star Wars, people actually listen to it, and I'm like, "This is terrifying," you know, like because <laughs> they're gonna just like, yeah. I, I liked when it was secret, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I know. That's great. People, that's cool that you do that. People get offended at my opinion sometimes. And I bet. It's, you got to be careful with the Star Wars fans. Yeah. They can be the real yeah. deal. So. Yeah, that's my most polarizing moment recently was that. So. Yeah. yeah. And somehow I just leaks into every conversation I have. I'm like infamous <laughs> now. So Man. do you have anything you want to like share? I know you, uh, you talked about this video you just released. Did you want to talk about that? Which video specifically? You posted about it yesterday on Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was a video I should have put out nine months ago. <laughs> like I totally yeah. procrastinated, but it was the final video of this renovation I did. Mm-hmm. I was living in a garage in Riverside, California, and I renovated it into yeah. a creative studio. So I finally posted the third episode on YouTube, just showing like episode one, two, and three of the renovation process, which was super fun. But um, I think moving past that and even now that I'm in Anderson, South mm-hmm. Carolina, now that I'm living here, I think one thing that I would say is I'm just eager to meet more people here and build more connections. And like for creative people that live in Anderson or Greenville or Clemson, like I'm just interested in wanting to meet more cool creative people. Cause like it's yeah. been such a leap across the country and now I'm here. I'm just eager to meet more cool people <laughs> and continue to, find work and pay off my loans and make cool stories and do it full time. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one thing I would say, just like, I'm just excited to be here and I'm just like passionate about creativity and want to continue to tell stories. And I want to link arms with other people that are stoked to do that same thing. Well, don't lose that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to keep pushing it, man. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. Just hold on to that feeling. Yeah. All the time. Absolutely. Um, so where can people follow you? Yeah, so on Instagram, it's just my name, Nicholas Worrell. Worrell is W-O-R-R-E-L-L. Um, even if you just type in like Nick, yeah, Nick Worrell, mm-hmm. that will pop up. But um, yeah, and I'm excited because I'm in the works of like beginning to build more of like a creative team and agency. Yeah. So to be continued as I piece all of that together. But cool. Um, yeah, so very active on yeah. Instagram. That's like primarily my mm-hmm. platform, but want to branch in TikTok is a whole other topic man like that like <laughs> is becoming the new instagram apparently so we'll save that for another time we've but. we've we've had a whole episode uh, about TikTok. really here yeah I'll i, I, to I talked to a guy that um is is big on TikTok, and okay and we had a whole thing about it i i'm really into TikTok. i will say the the addictiveness of scrolling through it yeah. is problematic it is it, <laughs> it, is. it is a problem but it also i don't know it's I want to check out Vine apparently came back. Really? And it's called Byte, but it's like huh. Vine 2 basically. So I kind of want to check that out. Yeah, know. that's interesting. Because that was like a, every YouTuber used to do Vine. You know? I know. So That's like where they started off. And yeah. Then they, yeah. But so cool. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks good. for chatting. Yeah. I seriously loved it. Yeah. Good. Uh, and this, I like, uh, thanks for letting me, uh, waltz into your space while you're trying to get work done. Anytime. So. Anytime, man. For All sure. Right. Talk to you soon.